All right, what is up, people? So good to see you. So good to see you. Merry Christmas. Anybody just start listening to Christmas music? Who's been listening to it for the last, like, month? All righty. We're a little lopsided tonight. All right, well, uh, just to start, uh, my name is Wes, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, my name is Amanda. <laughs> That's it. My name is Holly. Hey, Holly. And uh, Pastor Chase, who is, uh, if you're new tonight, Pastor Chase is our high school pastor, along as, uh, ho- as well as Holly, his wife. And, uh, but Pastor Chase is not here tonight uh, because he is taking care of a sick kid, correct? And uh, so uh, we love Pastor Chase, but he is not here tonight, and he uh, is serving uh, his family, uh, which is a, a very admirable thing to do on a night like tonight, because he loves being here, and he loves you, uh, but he's choosing to serve his family. So uh, if next time you see him, just give him a hug, give him a high five, because he, he loves being here, hates not being here, missing out on, on times with you, uh, but he's doing the right thing, right? Yeah. Come on. That's right. That's right. And uh, so tonight, we got something a little special. We, we do Q&Rs uh, pretty often around here, uh, but we are going to do a Q&R that's a little bit different tonight. So... Uh, I'm going to explain it just for a, a hot second, and then uh, we're going to get into it. Sound good? Cool, 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 cool. Uh, so usually what we do is we do like a text in. This is going to be a little different. You're going to get on your browser. So uh, if you have uh, an iPhone, Safari, Chrome, Google Chrome, your browser of choice, and uh, you're going to go to the website listed at the very top. And so Chase isn't here tonight, but he's in our link. So uh, you'll go to pollev.com forward slash Chase Merrill 708. So that is the website uh, that you'll go to. And essentially, you, and this is, this is the part, it's not unlimited questions. So like the text-ins, that's unlimited. So you got to be careful with your questions. But the reason that this one's a little bit different is that as you submit, other people can view it if you're on the browser. And you can actually give a question a point. And the one with the highest goes to the top. And so that gives us an idea of what you want actually answered. And so uh, as you give a question a point, it actually goes to the top. And so we'll get, we'll get the feed uh, of new questions that are coming in. But you can, the goal of tonight is to give questions that you really want answered a point so that you can see them go to the top and see them answered. Uh, obviously, um, please, please be appropriate as... Uh, we all want to uh, we all want to grow in Jesus tonight. That's the that's the goal of this. And so, uh, be appropriate. You only get a couple questions. Why ruin it on an inappropriate joke? Anyways, so that's what we're gonna do tonight. Does that make sense? Yep. Anything you guys want to add? Awesome. So uh, as those are coming in, uh, let's. Uh, I didn't think about this beforehand. So that's good. Awesome. Oh, here we go. Let's go. Didn't have to. Ooh, let's go. So you guys can see it too. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, they're supposed to see it. That's the full point. All right. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this one because I know. Uh, sure. Look at you. 
All right, let's, let, let's do that one because that one is getting a ton right now. How do you deal with people in church who preach about loving people regardless but treat you poorly for not making decisions they agree with? I think that's how it ends. How do you deal with people in church who preach about loving people regardless but treat you poorly for not making decisions they agree with? That's a tough one. One of you guys want to start? I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Sound good? All right. Uh, I think uh, this is this is the uh, this is the biggest thing that I be- I believe is so key to uh, to people, right? Because people are difficult. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen. If you don't think they are, you might be difficult. So uh, people are difficult, and uh, I think so often uh, we we uh, equate the character of God, or we equate how God feels about us. Uh, based on how we see Christians view us or Christians treat us. And the reality is that, that we first have to get our identity from God. And we, and we, cannot, tr- we cannot base our view of God on, on Christians because Christians are flawed human beings. Christians are, are people who are going to fail you. So ultimately, you, ha- you have to base your belief about who you are, about the love of God on God. Because God's perfect. God, God, God is perfect. He does not have a flaw, and Jesus is perfect. And so as you see Jesus in Scripture, as you see all those things, ultimately we have to base our faith. We have to base who we are. We have to base what we believe about God, not on the flaws of Christians, because there are, but we have to, we have to base it off of the, the realities of who God actually is. And so if you're, if, you're, if you're getting to a belief system on God, on church, on Christianity, based on Christians, you are going to get a very up and down roller coaster Christianity because you are basing it on flawed people. And that'll preach because you are flawed. And so would you want, would you want somebody else to base it off you? That, that, that's, a, that's a hard thing to live with. And the reality is that people are not perfect. And uh, people you see on platforms are not perfect. Preachers are not perfect. And so uh, that, that, that's one aspect of it. Treat, treat and, and dictate your beliefs and what you believe about God, about God on God, not on, not on Christians and how they are flawed. And then the second thing is this. The second thing is this, is that I forgot what I was going to say. It's going to come back. The waves always go out, but they always come back in. Amen? I forgot. Anything to add on that? This one. Uh, the word I keep getting stuck on is just deal. So how do I deal with people in church who preach about the question? So um, I think often we get in that mentality of like, okay, well, how do I just deal with this person? Um, when really like just what Wesley was talking about, like God still loves that person just the same as the love you need to receive. And so the second we start operating in a, I just need to deal with this person. How do I do these behaviors or say these things to deal with the way this person is frustrating me is when we're getting it wrong because we're not called to just deal with people that frustrate us or deal with irritating behaviors or deal with things that are actually legitimately hurtful with whatever this person is doing to you. Um, and it's easier to say than do, but just the same love that you receive that Wesley was talking about, we're called to give to that person too. And sometimes that looks like actually having a conversation of, 
I'm having a really hard time because these are words I hear you saying, but this is how I feel. And those are real things in relationships, in authentic community that need to happen. So just that one word deal, I think even just shifting your mindset of even asking the Lord, like one, how do I have this conversation? But two, how can I love this person through what I'm feeling rather than just go through the motions? It's really good. I I remember my thing that I forgot. Uh, It has to do with motives. Uh, Motives are tough. Uh, And the reason motives are tough is because you don't know somebody's motive. As much as you think you do, and I, I, am, I am extremely guilty of this because I, I get to these places where I think I know the motive of somebody. And the reality is I do not. I do not know the motive. You do not know the motive of the person you're trying to deal with. You don't. You, you just don't. You do not know their heart. You do not know where they're coming from. And so to judge based on actions, uh, you, you are overlooking a potential motive that might actually be pure, but you are missing. You're missing. And I want to read to you out of Proverbs Proverbs is a, a book of wisdom. It's a, it's a wisdom book, and uh, these things aren't like 100%. They're always going to be true, uh, but it's, it's what wisdom says. What, what, what does wisdom say in a certain situation? That's what Proverbs is. And so Proverbs, this, is, this, this crushed me one morning. I, I was reading this because I was struggling with the same, same thing, just really struggling with judging people's motives, even though I don't know them. And it says this, every way of a man or woman is right in his own eyes. Every single way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. And that, that, that's the reality that we have to come to because you are right in your eyes and they're right in their eyes. And so our, our motives are, are impure. Our motives are selfish sometimes. And so the reality is that, that the Lord weighs the heart. You don't. And so, so do not try to weigh the heart of somebody because you do not know. You do not know like God knows. And so leave that to God. That, that's God's job. Awesome. Uh, you guys want to answer? You want to, Holly, you want to answer that one? How do I maintain my relationship with God as I struggle with the stress of school, sports, and friends? Life is busy and messy and tricky, and life doesn't get any less busy, messy, or trickier as you get out of high school. Um, and so you are in this training ground now, per se, of what the rest of life is going to feel like the pressures are going to be different the weight is going to be different the responsibilities are going to look different you're not going to be doing school all day every day yet there's still this like once high school ends it's not just going to be like I am going to have all this time and space and energy and effort to be able to engage in a relationship with God and then it's going to be good then I'm actually going to be able to dive into him like I that's what I thought in high school like Okay, when I get to college, my relationship with Jesus is going to be like this because I'm going to have space or I'm going to have, I'm going to be at my parents' house. And so they're not going to impact me or, or whatever, all these different weights. Here's the deal. You are the most responsible person in your life, um, in your walk with the Lord. Like You get the opportunity to come to an incredible youth ministry on Sunday nights and have life group and have relationships and have leaders in your life if you so choose to pursue Um, but ultimately you are the one that's got to say, Lord, I'm going to choose you. And so how you maintain it, um, I was talking to someone recently about this. One thing I did really practically in high school, once I started driving and I went to, didn't get my license till like middle of my junior year because I was young. So it was really late in high school, but I kept a little devotional in my pocket of my car. And so I would get to school, I would park my car 
and I would take one and a half to three minutes, however long it took me. I grabbed that devotional and I would not let myself get out of my car until I read that and took a couple minutes to set my mind on Jesus. And so it wasn't crazy or life altering, but like I knew what I was walking out of in my home and the stress that I felt as I was walking into school and like first period, I've got the weight of this and then I know I'm going to have all this stress today, but like I'm going to pause and I'm going to force myself even if I don't feel like it. And I'm going to choose to set my mind and my heart on Jesus. And so sometimes it's not this like you've got all the time and the space and the energy and you really feel like doing it. Sometimes it's this discipline of going, I'm going to put my reminder on my phone for my Bible app to come up and say like, hey, yo, get in the Bible today. Look at one verse today. Take time, a reminder on your phone because our technology is awesome to help us. It can be a great tool. Amen. If we allow it to, hey, have you thought about God today? And taking 30 seconds and pausing and going like, okay, in my class between this class and this class, I know that as I walk between these two classes every day, I'm going to think about God. I'm going to tell him one thing I'm grateful for about who he is. Whatever it is, these little things that like when you begin engaging in relationship and normalcy as you walk with God throughout your day, throughout your day, not like saying, this part's for God, and then I have to deal with the rest of stress of life of everything else. That would be some of my encouragement. Yeah, that's good. There's a, there's a really similar question. Uh, how do I make time for God when I can't even make time for myself? So it's just this whole idea of, of priorities is really what it is. And uh, I, I want to challenge you uh, because I think uh, busy is a, uh, a word that I just want to blow up uh, because it's so often, how are you? good, busy, you know, it's just like, it just comes out of us naturally, because we, we are, we are legit busy, uh, but, but I, it becomes this, that's like who I am, it's what I, that's what I, that's what I am, I'm busy, that's just, that's, that's just my life, it's, I can't change it, and, uh, and I, I want to challenge you, measure your priorities, measure your priorities, I heard once, uh, our, uh, our, one of our old pastors would always say that, like, if you had, if you had, if you had enough money, if you had all the money in the world, you, you could pay someone to do, what was it, 80, 85% of your life, or, or, no, was it 95, 95, you could pay somebody to do 95% of your life, they, they, they could do your homework, they, they could do, they could do all, all these different things, 95%, but there's 5% that only you can do, and that's, that's like, you, you are the only one can, that can be a son to your dad. You are the only one that can be a friend to your friend. Like, there's only so much that someone can do for you. And, there, and why I say that is because that's where your priorities should be. That, that's what, I mean, when you really measure your priorities, there is only so much of what you can do. And I, I would encourage you, challenge you, make those things that only you can do at the top of your list. I, I want to be a good friend. I want to be a good son. I want to be a good daughter. I want to be all these different things. And I, I promise you, uh, the, the, the stresses of life will begin to shift because you're putting weight on what's important and less weight on what's not. And, and the Bible says in Matthew 6, chapter, thir- not chapter, six chapter 6, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And, and the verses before, it talks about being anxious. It talks about not feeling like you have what you need. And, 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 and Jesus talks about how the birds are fed and the flowers are clothed and, and all these different things are taken care of. How much more does God care for you? But what it says at the very end, but, but seek first the kingdom of God. And the rest will be added to you. So like Holly's saying, like, take that moment at the beginning of your day. Seek first the kingdom of God. And then the things that you're stressing about will come into line. My dad always said that take care of God's business and he'll take care of yours. That, that will change your life.
Take care of God's business. Be about God's business. And I promise you, he'll, he'll take care of yours. He will take care of yours. Any other ones? You want to answer that one? How do you know if... How do you know if your heart is in the right place with big decisions or tough times? Uh, that is a really good question. I think the first thing I initially think of is invite people in yeah. to the situation. Um, because the longer we dwell on something or think about something or worry about something in our own mind and just by ourselves, things just get confusing. And there, everybody has at least one person in your life that probably knows you pretty well. And inviting people into those situations brings a different perspective because they know you, uh, know why you do certain things, why you are the way you are relatively well. And to be able to process with someone, for them to be able to not necessarily say your heart's in the wrong place, but to give you perspective of even have you thought about this or why is that part of your decision? Because um, we've been talking a lot, but we need people in our life. And there's so many times for me, especially in big decisions or really any, yeah, any big decisions, inviting people in to bring an outside perspective is huge. So that's the first, um, first thing I think of. And so whoever that is for you, invite them into that tough time or decision. And that may not get you the exact answer you're wanting, but it will be perspective and sometimes it brings perspective even that you may not want to hear but you need to hear you want to hit that next one yeah how do you keep having faith and believe in jesus when prayer feels like a one-way street uh i can say after growing up in church like i would say i accepted jesus at the age of four i have a very definite clear moment of that so like I have been in relationship with Jesus. I'm 29 now. Wild my life. I'm old. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> um, but like even at 29, there are moments where I'm engaging in prayer and go like, did I just was I just like talking out loud, talking to myself? Or was I engaging with Jesus? Or I think that was just myself. Like that just felt like it was just single-sided. Um, and here's the truth. Feelings are really real and truth is really good, but we can be led a lot of times by our feelings and what we think we feel or what we think we don't feel or whatever is going on in life. And it really influences and impacts the way that we, um, can view prayer. Here's my, here's what I would say. Um, don't stop. One, don't stop. It's good. Because, like, think about the relationships you have in your life. If you were to stop communicating with them, a person in your life, you, there, there's absolutely no communication that's going to happen. Like, it's not, there could be. But, like, if you stop using your mouth, to communicate, you're not going to have a relationship to communicate. So you've got to keep pursuing. Don't stop. Don't let this feeling of like, but I don't feel like it, or I don't feel like God's engaging with me, or I feel like it's just me, holds you back. Here's the other thing. Um, a lot of times when we, how we think 
or what we expect it to feel like when God is um, speaking to us can oftentimes be different or more subtle than what we are expecting. I'm expecting somebody to yell at me and go, David, don't do that. Or David, I love you so much. This is the heart of the father speaking to you, whatever it may be, right? Like we expect something so clear sometimes when, when we look at scripture, that's not the way that God responds. When I look at my life, that's not the way that I always feel and see the spirit or Jesus working. Um, this morning, pastor, here's what I believe. The more time that you spend in your word, the more you will be able to engage in a prayer life that is exciting and you feel like you're hearing the Lord more. Because this is where God speaks and all his truth is written. And so if you are not spending any time in here or any time using the Bible app, this incredible piece of technology, or any time using a devotional, um, or anytime in conversation with somebody that is speaking the actual truth of God, then it is going to be really difficult to hear the voice of God in your life. So I would say don't stop and get in your Bible because that is where you are going to be. Um, you're going to learn. It's like speak, like you go to Spanish class, right? And you're like, I don't know anything about Spanish. And I go to, do you guys take Spanish here? I feel like nobody takes Spanish up here. I took I took Spanish. Okay, I thought it just could be a California Freaking thing. Freaking crushed it. I feel like everyone takes ASL up here, so and French. Okay, so I did that too. It's very California. Majority of us took Spanish in California, um, but like I walk into Spanish class, I know nothing when I first start, and so I have to begin learning. Same thing. Like I want to learn about hearing the voice of God. Well, let me hear the voice of God. It's in His Word, yeah. and that's so good. come on. Familiarize yourself with the word of God, yeah. and that's going to allow you to help hear his voice to make it feel like it is a two sided relationship instead of one side. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, on, on the prayer thing, um, I want to, I want to, I want to challenge maybe uh, what your prayer looks like. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest for me. Uh, I think most often my prayers are centered around me. Um, I think my prayers are, are most of the time pretty selfish. Uh, and that's something that, that, you know, I got to work on for me. Um, but something, something that has always encouraged me, um, because oftentimes when I pray, I'm, it's because I'm anxious about something, something, something's just on my heart. Something's on my mind. Uh, and, and Philippians chapter 4 says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer. So in other translations, I think the, the message translation or, or NLT or something like that, it says, uh, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Okay, so that's what it's saying first. You catch that? Don't be anxious, but instead pray, right? Okay, I can do that. I can pray about everything. But then, but then it says something so profound that I think we so overlook. And it, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests, so let, let the thing that you're anxious about be made known to God, right? So do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. 
I, I think we've got that. But I think sometimes our prayers look more like, I need this, I want this. God, help me do this. God, help me fix this. Oh my gosh, why is it like this? And what Paul is trying to get at here, I think, is that don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. How often do your prayers start with thanksgiving? How often do your prayers start with gratitude? How often do your prayers, do they st- how often are they starting focusing not on you, but on God? On- honestly, for me, not very often. I'm 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 be honest. It, it is hard for me to get get my eyes off of stuff that's happening here and get my eyes here. It's hard. It's really difficult. But what I think what Paul knew and what we have got to grasp is, is that our prayers ought to look different. Our prayers ought to not start. Prayer, prayer, prayer. God already knows what you need, right? And so prayer is not making God aware. He's already aware. He's already informed. He knows you better than you know you. So if prayer is not informing God of what you need. He's already aware. But prayer, prayer has to do with relationship, okay? But I think oftentimes we make prayer a wish list and not a relationship. And that, that I mean, think about, think about it. Like she put it in the context of like friend, friend, right? Like, communi- like if you don't communicate with a friend, like there's not going to be any communication, Right? But in, in the same way, like, if, if, we, if we, all we did with our friend is talk about what we need from them, like, like me and you, Lise, we're BFFs for life. Let's go. If, I, if I, all our conversations were is, hey, dude, I need you to do this. And let's be real. There are those people. You get, like, text messages, and, like, you don't talk, but then you get a text message, and they're like, hey, can you do this for me? Or, like, you know what I mean? Maybe that's just me. Maybe my life. I don't know. No one's agreeing. So anyways, but me and you, me, okay, so me and you, Lise, may, what if all of our conversations were, hey, dude, I need you to do this. Hey, dude, I need this. Hey, hey, could you, do, could you fix this for me? Could you, could you, could, you know, what if all of our relationships were some kind of question like that? What if all of our relationship, our conversation had to do with what I need from him, what he needs from me? That's not a relationship. But yet we do that with God and say, I need this. I want this. Fix this. Do something that, like, if you don't share, like, and we don't, we don't make that a relationship. God wants a relationship with you. And so um, prayer is not a, a last resort wish list. Prayer is a relationship, and it should be our first resort. And uh, I'm, I'm right there with you because I, I need work in my prayer life. I, I need to work on that, and I am working on that. So whoever you ask that question, let's work on it together. So why is it even though I'm surrounded by my friends and family that love me, I still feel alone? Um, And when I turn to God, I still feel empty. How would you suggest counteracting it? To answer the first part of a question, um, I don't know (laughs) why you feel alone. I don't have an answer to that. Um, But I'm really sorry that you feel alone. we weren't meant to feel lonely, and God didn't create us to be isolated, and it hurts me that you feel that way. Um, and I think we all can agree that at some point in our life, we felt lonely, whether it lasted minutes or years or a few weeks. Um, and I don't fully know why we go through seasons like that, because I can think back even right now, 
in high school, actually, a few years where I felt really, really lonely. But um, that was also a season in my life that I knew I had to press into my relationship with Jesus. Like, I had to, um, because that was the only thing that was going to fill that loneliness inside of me. And so the thing I guess I would ask you, um, because... Yes, I could probably give you a list of things to, to counteract that feeling. Um, but the only thing that's really going to more than counteract, but like fill that void you're feeling is Jesus. And we often talk about like, yeah, we can feel really lonely or we can feel uh, depressed or we can feel all these different things. But like Holly said and Wesley said multiple times and we say a lot like, we have to press through our feelings a lot of the times. And I don't know why we go through seasons where we feel really lonely. I wish we didn't. But I do know that on the other side of those times, there's something that God will and can do in those times that that wouldn't have happened in a different way. And so... For you, I would ask you, what does your relationship with the Lord look like? And how could you um, go even deeper? Because we can always go deeper in our relationship with the Lord, whether that's how much time we're spending with him, whether it's our prayer life, whether it's how authentic are you being in your life group that maybe you're not really inviting people in, or um, how are you engaging in, in worship, all these different things. So what what are the things that maybe you can go deeper in your relationship with Jesus? Because that's really the only thing that's going to satisfy the loneliness. And even you may do some of those things to deepen your relationship, and you may still feel lonely. Um, but keep pressing in because I promise you, the Lord is in the midst of your loneliness. He, has, like, he is. Even though it may not feel that way, he really is. And invite people in. Like I said earlier, I think, like you said, you have people that love you, but um, invite them into that place of feeling lonely. And not for them to bring pity on you, but to invite them into what you're really going through. Yep. That's really good. Uh, let's hit this next one. I think this is uh, really important. How can I talk to someone about Jesus without scaring them away? <laughs> Or coming off too strong. Anybody ever experienced that before? You talk about Jesus and they're pretty resistant or uh, scared or coming off too strong. Um, I, I would, I, I'm going to say something that's uh, it's going to seem like stupid. But um, be a normal human. Yep. <laughs> I think I, I'll say this. I'll say this specifically for me because I have been in the church. I'm 23 years old, and I have never not been in church. I've never not been a part of a church. I've never not been a whatever you want to say. And so I, I can get that to a, a whole nother degree because I, I haven't known a different life. I grew up in a, a pastor's home. Like I, I just I haven't known a different life. And so I, I can I can understand that. And I think I think so. And I think as we're integrated into Christianity, I think um, we forget how to be normal humans to humans that aren't Christians. 
uh, and and I pray that's not the case uh, for everybody. But th- that's just there's just something uh, there's just something weird that happens uh, where we feel like super weird to talk about it. We super we feel super uh, awkward. Um, and I would just encourage you, uh, be a normal human. That's something I'm learning over and over again. Like uh, going to a coffee shop and, and literally just talking to someone, not like he is my project to bring to Jesus, but talk to him like a normal human being would talk to a normal human being. Right? So not going into school with how can I, you know, I, I, obviously I want you to have a, a missional mindset of like how can I reach my school for Jesus, but like reach your school for Jesus by, by being a normal human and talking like no, like don't 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 go over like thus saith the Lord. And I know none of you're doing that, but like I think to an extent, I think we can be like really Christiany, and uh, and I uh, I and I and I don't say that to say like let's minimize the gospel, like let's minimize scripture, let's not talk, let's not say the actually the word of God, or or let's not actually say Jesus, but we'll say like. There's this man I know that saved my life. You want to know about him? Like, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Do not do that. Do not do that. But I think so often, like, I don't want you to minimize it. Yeah, like, I love Jesus. Like, somebody's going to ask me, like, yeah, are you, like, do you, are you religious? No, I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'm religious, but I, I do love Jesus, and I do believe that there's a way of life that I, I'm going to live because Jesus saved my life. Yeah, I'm going to be upfront about that. But, like, the, there, there's a moment after that where I feel like we, we, what we do as Christians so easily is we make, we make unbelievers projects, and that is not the heart of God. And it, 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 I think it would, I think honestly, it would break the heart of God. And so I'm not, I'm not saying whoever asks this, that's how you view people. But I think, I think as we become more integrated in church, we talk a lot about invite your friends and let's talk about Jesus, which I think we should do. But, but we are people are not projects. People are people, and people are worthy of love and to be treated like a human being. And, and you are, you know, people are not on this, like, ah, uh, like, I, I don't know. I, I think we just, I think we can make it a, a, a sport, per se. And, uh, and I, I'm learning over and over again, like, because I, I, I'm in a world where I don't have a lot of non-Christian friends, and I, and I, want, I want them. I, I want them desperately uh, because I want to be surrounded by people who aren't like me and who don't think like me, and I'll, I want to be Jesus to them. I want to love them. And, uh, and so I'm learning this all over again, uh, I feel like, all the time. Um, but I would encourage you, be a normal human being. Uh, love like a normal human being would, uh, because that's what Jesus did. That's what he did. He was love to people. That was it. I mean, I believe the Gospels are really important, and if you haven't read them, go read them. Uh, because the way Jesus operated, the, J- the way Jesus walked, the way Jesus interacted with people, he, he just loved them. That was it. Like, he didn't have a theology. He didn't have a set of beliefs that he, like, handed to them. His theology was love. That was it. That was it. He, he just walked in love, and he was love to people. And I think that's how we, that, I think that's what we've got to come back to. So, anything to add on that? I think we have time for one more question. You got one locked and loaded? I know. I, I did that for Chase. Chase, if you're listening to this, that's for you. Locked and loaded. I, I, I have one. I, have a, I think I have a couple. I think that one's a good one. Let's do that one. Do you have anything to say on that? I do. How do I deal with being bored of church? 
That was a really good question because I think it's a real thing sometimes yeah. that there are times we are bored. <laughs> uh, there have been times when I've gone to church and have felt bored. And all of this also goes back to the feelings thing. Like we feel we are people that were created to feel a certain way and we have feelings and emotions and there are times we feel bored. Um, there's a lot of things I feel like I could say. Uh, I'll just say one thing. I think that the thing I think keep thinking of is your engagement um, because often I think we can feel bored in a second and so then we just check out of everything. We, we pick up our phone or we start drawing on our note sheet or we talk to the person next to us like legitimately like go for it. All the people drawing the note sheet right now yeah. are just like uh, yeah. <laughs> They're now writing down. Um, but so how to deal with being bored of church? I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of things we could say because I think um, there are ways that church can be more fun and engaging. And Amen. that's a lot of even like talking to us. If like you're actually feeling bored, like we want to know that. Like how, how are there ways like we can like make things more engaging and fun? That's totally like a category. But even more than that, I think... How are you engaging in the midst of the moment that you feel bored? Because that goes even for worship. Like, there are times where I think, like, oh, this I hate all these songs. Like, I just, I feel super bored. Well, are you just giving into that feeling of feeling bored? Or are you choosing to, yeah, I feel this way, but I'm going to continue to worship. Or I'm going to continue to listen to the words that are being said and write them down. Or I'm going to blank, blank, blank. Um, so I think even just catching yourself um, in those moments and choosing to still engage in the midst of feeling bored. And then also, like, even practically, like, like if you're feeling this way for a really long time and you're still, like, pressing and engaging, like, talk to us about it. Like, there are things, like, we want to do to maybe, like, make it easier to engage or whatever that may look like. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I, I, w- I, w- I would ask this question. I'd, I'd answer your question with a question. Um, I would, I would ask you to really search, to really like think about it and search your heart. Uh, are you bored with church or are you bored with God? Uh, because when we come here, it should be about God. (laughs) And so, uh, I think, uh, come to that, you've got to come to that, that crossroads of like, am I bored with church or am I bored with God? Uh, because my relationship with God is exciting. My relationship with God is crazy and ups and downs and all. So um, I, w- I would encourage you to ask yourself that question. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just mention this last thing, and, and we'll wrap up in prayer. Um, this, this other question uh, of being scared to get baptized uh, because you don't like being the center of attention, and you're not always comfortable talking about uh, faith with your parents. Um, uh, that is a great question. And if you have any preface if you have any questions about baptism uh, it's it can be a confusing thing so come 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 talk to me i'd I'd love to point you to scripture i'd love to point you in the right direction uh, about baptism um but a couple things i I believe more than anything uh if we really if we really understand what's happening when people are getting baptized uh you are not the center of attention god's the center of attention because he should be getting the glory of what's happening in and through you 
And so that, that, that's the one thing. So don't feel the pressure like this is all about you uh, because it's not all about you. But we do want to celebrate you. We do want to celebrate what God's doing in you. But ultimately, this is, this is a work of God, not, not a work of man. And so we're going to celebrate. We're going we're gonna to make God the center of attention, and he always should be. Uh, and then talking about faith uh, with your parents, that's a tough one. Uh, I believe God calls you to walk out your faith, uh, but also believe God calls you to honor your mother and father. But um, um, when those when those have to be um, one has to be given up, uh, you, your walk with God is 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 the most important. And so, um, you it, it takes a boldness, it takes a courage uh, to talk with your parents, especially if they don't believe the same thing. And uh, but but your your walk with God is really important. But honoring your parents is really important. And so there's there's a tension to be had there uh, because. Uh, uh, baptism is, is is a next step in your walk with Jesus. We see that in Scripture, uh, and uh, Jesus did it, and so we want to we want to walk that out. So if you have any qu- even questions about baptism, talking to your parents about baptism, anything like that, come come talk to us. We love to we love we are not um, we don't just talk on the platform. We can talk off the platform too about things that are going on in your life, things that you have questions about. So. That is it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up in prayer. We love you so, so much. Pastor Chase loves you. He wishes he could be here. And uh, Merry Christmas. Come on, let's go. Um, but let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. God, I thank you. Um, God, I thank you uh, for the ability to, uh, to struggle and wrestle with the things of God. God, I, I thank you that we are not kicked out of the kingdom of God for wrestling and struggling. God, for having questions. God, I'm thankful for that because I have questions every day about why you do what you do and why you don't do what I think you should do. God. And so I'm thankful that I can come to you with questions. I can come to you with doubts. I can come to you with struggles knowing that you love me just the same as if I was confident in my faith, just the same as if I was, I was so bold about something. God, you love me just the same. And so, God, I pray for every student in this room, God, that is, is in a wrestling match. God, I pray that they press into you, press into the things of God, press into scripture, press into their prayer life. And, God, I, I pray that, God, they would, they would press in and engage, not, not, not based on their feelings, but, God, because they know that that that's where the fruit is going to come from, from pressing into you and really seeking you out and, and, and diving into scripture and letting it change their life. And so, God, I pray for every student, God, that they would know that they are loved, valuable, worthy of love, and, God, that they are accepted here, their family here. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 We love you. We'll see you next week.